welcome to the Everyone's a Critic Movie Review Podcast. I'm your co-host, Bob Zerl. With me, as always, is professional film critic, Sean Patrick. And our special guest this week is Zach Covemaker. How you doing, Zach? Pretty good. <laughs> How about you? Doing good. A little sore. Got some coffee poured on me today. Uh, repeating the story for our <laughs> podcast <laughs> listeners. Uh, anyway... Oh. Uh, I've been telling it all day long. So McDonald's, yeah. McDonald's got a coffee. They handed it to me. The lid wasn't on, and I squeezed it. And it, the, and it was a poor young girl who felt so bad. So uh, then you got her fired. Nope, I didn't. <laughs> I hope. I was very polite, crying on the inside. I mean, I was in, I was in pain. It hurt really bad for a long time. Yeah, but it eventually went away. And should have been crying. I guarantee you she never does it again. <laughs> I mean, she was horrified and felt awful, so uh, we're all good. All right. I worked customer service a lot. I spilled a lot on customers. I kept fucking doing it by mistake. It happens. <laughs> yeah, I used to work. Sometimes they get icy on their hands. Uh, uh, you can visit our show at IHateCritics.net, everyone's a critic podcast.com. We're on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Our handle is Critics Pod. Uh, you can listen to us at Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Alexa, all your podcatchers. We're also on YouTube. If you give us a rating of five stars or better, you have a shot to win a couple movies. Uh, if you go to our social media pages, you'll see the details pinned to the top of the page. But while we're at it, Sean, why don't you explain what the the yeah, they, uh, the uh, deli- the movies are Deliver Us from Evil and The Last War of Archimedes, which is the uh, story of the largest uh, battleship in, in world history being sunk. Uh, both are quite good movies. I haven't I've not uh, reviewed either one, but I've I, I been written about them. I mean, but uh, they're both they're both uh, very, very interesting films. And uh, they and we've got them on Blu-ray. So if you like if you collect Blu-rays, it's a great opportunity for you. And even if you just want to watch it once and then give it to the Goodwill or whatever, it's still yeah. free if you give us a five-star review. We did get a review this week uh, from Skywalker with two Ys and two Rs. Uh, it's The title is The Best, exclamation point, my favorite movie review podcast. So, yeah, your review can be as simple as that, or it could just be something funny we said on the show. It doesn't matter, but put five stars in there uh, and get yourself entered to win. Uh, one of those Blu-rays. That particular winner is getting a copy of The Unholy, which is a I did it, I posted that one specially just on its own, and that was the first review that jumped in. Awesome. Uh, we are live on YouTube whenever we record, either Sunday mornings or Monday nights, depending on our schedules. If you want to, normally I post a link. I forgot to do that tonight, so oh well. But uh, if you want to watch there, head over to <laughs> check out. Let's go to our YouTube page on Monday night about 8 p.m. Central Time. If you're in India, I apologize. Uh, get up really early. Uh, I think a lot of our listeners are there. Uh, yeah. So it doesn't do you much good unless you want to watch us in the middle of the night. Uh, but they, they are saved there if you want to watch them anytime. Gotta be what was that? They got to be dedicated enough. I want it. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, patreon.com slash critics pods the best way to help support the podcast and then our T public page if you want some of our merch head, head over to ihatecritics.net and click on the T public link uh, let's go ahead and share my screen for the YouTube video 
YouTube viewers and start talking about our movies this week. And we will start with Fast 9, the Fast Saga. Usually when you're making fun of a movie, you're like, oh, Rocky 7 or Rocky 9. But here it is, <laughs> Fast and the Furious 9. Uh, F9 uh, returns many of your favorite uh, Fast cast members, uh, especially, of course, uh, Vin Diesel, who's uh, Dominic Toretto, is now uh, happily living on a farm with his uh, girlfriend, Letty, and his uh, little boy, little Brian. Uh, and uh, he seems like he's relatively content there. But then uh, his friends show up and they've found out that uh, Mr. Nobody, Kurt Russell, has been uh, maybe killed in a plane crash. And uh, he needs them to go down to South America and find the plane and recover the thing that's going to take over the world. It, it, I mean, this is the plot to any major <laughs> major movie, but a dozen different action movies. But it's just so fast that uh, they have this plot. Uh, <laughs> uh, I, they get to the, the South America stuff. I mean, the, the, the action sets are just spectacularly idiotic in the best possible way. Uh, there's a car that goes flying off a cliff and gets caught by a plane <laughs> with magnets. Uh, so then, then Dom drives his car off a cliff and catches what's left of a rope swing and uses it to swing the car across a giant gorge. So stupid, and I love it so much. Um, and it finds ways to get get dumber and louder uh, throughout. And uh, adding John Cena is just the perfect energy for this. John Cena plays <laughs> he plays Vin Diesel's brother. I don't know why that's so funny, but it is. It's very funny. Um, <laughs> nine movies they introduce a brother that he's never talked about before. <laughs> this is just the most fast thing ever. Uh, and of course, nobody. He was kicked out. Nobody. In, <laughs> I'm sorry. I just can't, I can't. I love it too much. Almost. Um, so I, I, this movie is <laughs> is wonderfully terrible in the best possible ways. It's just it's so goofy and idiotic. Everything makes no sense. Uh, John Cena is flying around uh, some British city. In the air, in the air by one arm, just over rooftops for however many minutes. It's just like, what the hell is even happening right now? Oh man, it's just all so dumb, and nobody can die. And I'm really fascinated by this aspect. Nobody can die. Uh, there's a scene where where Tyrese actually begins to acknowledge the fact that there that nobody in this universe can die, and he starts to think that maybe they're all superheroes. <laughs> And it's just the most wonderfully, like, you know, there's a screenwriter who's trying to just sitting in his room trying to explain, no, 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 this is, this, they're not superheroes, but they're thinking about it. So they've acknowledged it. So you see, we acknowledge that this is ridiculous, right? So we're on your level. No, you're not. You're just, you're a screenwriter trying to paper over stupidity. I understand. It's okay. But I love that there's that that aspect of this that you can now start building a superhero canon for F9, which is just fantastic. And they go to space. This stupid movie goes to space. <laughs> I love it. It's about it's a time. <laughs> if that's all we get, that's like the only snippet we get of like going to space. I'm gonna be real sad. Like <laughs> it, that blue ball me a little bit. I need to see the. I need to see him fight an alien. I need to see him like <laughs> drive the car onto the moon. <laughs> And like drop kick an alien or something. Just, like that's I, it for me. Like that's 
They have to drive on Mars at some point. I hope. God damn it. If Tyrese ends up driving like the Curiosity rover and like Ludacris is like making like shit potatoes or some shit like that, I'm in. <laughs> it's so awful. It's so wonderful. I mean, it's the I dumbest franchise. I, it's the dumbest franchise in the world, and I think I love it because of that. Because I, I, I so often, uh, you know, I spend all my life thinking about things way too much, and and oftentimes that's very entertaining. You know, we're going to get into that later with, with Bad Lieutenant, but uh, it's nice to have this this respite uh, of things that I don't have to think about. You know, even the Marvel universe, you've got to spend some time on it. You've got some homework to do that you have to remember. Uh, to make that stuff work, uh, and 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 to capture the richness of it, you know, like with Loki, I love Loki, but you've got to be able to capture the richness of it. You do have to do a little bit of homework. Fast Nine, you you don't need to see the other movies. <laughs> it doesn't nothing that's happened before matters. It's just big, loud, dumb, stupid explosions, and these characters taking everything incredibly seriously. It's it's like it, it is professional wrestling as a movie, and that's why I love it so much. Yeah, they found a way to piss off the most likable guy in Hollywood <laughs> by taking themselves <laughs> too seriously on set. <laughs> how many more yeah. movies till John Cena's pissed off at him too? We'll see. How- <laughs> he is what? No, no, no. I, I said this. how many more oh. movies until he is? Because <laughs> I mean, you've never heard anybody say a bad I- word about The Rock until. <laughs> He was in the Fast movies. Uh, he doesn't understand the concept of family, Bob. <laughs> but you've heard like Vin Diesel's talking about how he's purposely trying to piss him off so he can get the right performance. It's like, fuck you, you're in a Fast movie. Well, I No, just do your job and quit trying to be... This isn't... I mean, look at that picture. That's not him. He thinks he's in a real movie. Oh, the man has no concept. He has absolutely no... No understanding of himself. Have you ever heard his music? Have you heard Vin Diesel's songs? He has no concept of himself. He is completely absent of any type of ability to see outside of himself. He's Hasselhoff. He's a modern day Hasselhoff. He has no idea. He doesn't understand what's going on, but he's literally fucking Hasselhoff. He truly is. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. He should have been in Baywatch. That would have been a better movie. God. I was gonna say it might a sequel with success, but <laughs> I don't know. I, don't I can't. Seagal, Seagal is success. He taught Anderson Silva the front kick. Don't forget that. I mean, box he invented. <laughs> I don't know. I can't do it. I I'll take Hitman's bodyguard any day over this. I I prefer the fun dialogue. I don't know. I this is just too much nonsense for me. Clearly, it's and there's like nine of them, or ten if you count Hobbs and Shaw. So, uh, and there's eight of them. We don't count Tokyo Drift. Oh, <laughs> Tokyo Drift is awesome. Good. Screw you, man. Okay. Tokyo Drift rules. I love Tokyo Drift. NCIS motherfucker, man. I hate his voice. I hate his voice so much. Like, I hate that that's his real voice. I hate it so much. I love Tokyo Drift. Uh, I hate the fact that people I love are in these movies wasting their time. <laughs> like Charlie's Theron needs to be making other movies. Kurt Russell needs to be making other movies. The Rock needs to be making other movies. Even John Cena needs to be making other movies. The rest of the family, whatever the fuck, I don't give a shit. But 
Charlize Theron's probably the I biggest would... badass in Hollywood, and she's wasting her time in the Fast and Furious franchise. <laughs> Look at that hair. She's having fun, that though. Boy, that's fresh. <laughs> she's probably the she's only one who knows what she's in. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Anything else on Fast but, 9? Yeah, I'm just saying, I, I fucking loved it, too, Sean. I had such a great time watching that was the first time seeing an X movie, like in <laughs> since before the uh, the, the the plague. Like yeah. holy shit, holy shit, that was fun. Um, <laughs> I was sad though that I was I was the only person in the theater laughing my ass off the entire time. Like, it is weird, see, right? The, the people who take this seriously are are very strange human beings. Because <laughs> I was like the only one the laughing fuck? at my we're, screening we're, too. Like, it's stupid. Like that scene, like a slight spoiler, but there's a scene pretty early on where you're like, oh no, is Dom going to die? And it's literally shot the exact same way that Tupac died in All Eyes on Me. And it's corny as fuck. And I laughed my ass off. I laughed my fucking ass off. <laughs> there's like a three minute dream <laughs> sequence while he's underwater. Like, dude, you're already dead. <laughs> yeah. All he did was, all he did was, was like make us want more Michael Roker. Like it, it did nothing else. So also, stupid. Michael Rokers in this one, Bob. <laughs> he's, he's there. His name's Buddy. <laughs> you can add him to the it's list funny. of people I wish weren't wasting their time. Uh, oh, so what do people, people like? Just the cars? I mean... Uh, cars you know, for me, it started... It started with the cars for me, but it became it became just how... I th- and it's been since Justin Lin took it over uh, in in uh, after Tokyo Drift, and I think after Fate of the Furious, he's been in charge of this whole thing, and he has this brilliant imagination. It's it's like in in a, in a weird way, it's kind of like Saw movies, where he keeps coming up with some new ridiculous thing, this new uh, spin. And now Saw was really smart, and and what they did was really was rather ingenious. And people don't recognize it, but this this is just somebody who comes up with like he's listening to the fans going, "Well, the fans are laughing at me taking him to space. Let's take him to space." You know, <laughs> the fans think this is stupid. Wait till they find out what I've got up my sleeve next. And I just love the audacity of it. I love how outrageous it is. He keeps coming up with something even crazier each time out. And I'm just like, ever since the, the Burj Khalifa car jump, I've just been all in on this. It's just so, it's so stupid. And it's so laughing in the face of physics. I can't have enough. I can't get enough of it. That jump straight up won me back because I was like pretentious as fuck and I quit watching them. I accidentally watched that movie in Missouri. And as soon as that happened, I was like, I'm so wrong. I went back. I watched like four or five, fell in love, have not looked back. I've, uh, I love it. This is this is like gospel for me. Like when, I, when we have kids eventually, I'm not teaching them the Bible. I'm teaching about family and coronas. There's I'm, fucking there's fucking time. lore. This movie has lore. I love that. There's fucking lore in this movie. But didn't you guys yeah. say you're in the minority when you're in the theater watching it? Oh, like, absolutely. So what, absolutely. what are the rest of the people like? Are they still just into the no cars? Idea. I truly don't get it. I think there. I think I there's think a lot of. <laughs> I think there's a lot of Vin Diesels in the world. <laughs> but then it goes and does Groot, so we've got to kind of get it. I mean, I don't... <laughs> it, it just... It, I don't it's think not so. logical no. to me. 
Either that or it's a paycheck, I suppose. Nah, man. Have you seen he would, he would have movies? To be, have seen what? He would have to be Andy Kaufman. <laughs> He's not that. The Riddick movies, yeah. I hate the Riddick movies. I know I'm okay, a minority on that, too. Maybe I just That's don't like exactly. No, I'm, I'm right there. I like Pitch Black. After that, nah, I'm good. I'm I kind of like the other ones. See, I hate uh, Pitch Black so much I didn't watch the other ones. <laughs> I... uh. I I kind of have a feeling about about Vin and this whole franchise, kind of like I do uh, Tommy Wiseau and and you know the room and uh, Best Friends one and two. Like he doesn't understand how weird this all is. He doesn't seem to. He's, there's this poignant there's this poignant quality to him that just he doesn't seem to know that this is funny, and that makes it funny for me. <laughs> but at least with at the what work- point- go ahead. Oh. Oh, I was gonna say, like, at what point though? Like, like, legitimately, all joking aside, at what point do we start putting Dominic Toretto in the same category as like Rambo and John McClane? Like, he's earned, he's had better movies than Fuck those both you. of them. No, he hasn't. Like, when do we start? He said better these. movies than they're worse. He's never, he's never made one good movie. <laughs> a- yeah. At least okay. you got two okay, Rambo movies. Look at the Rambo movies, though. Two and Die Hard like, movies. Half, like two-thirds of the Die Hards. And there's still, if you have to multiply them by yeah, two to get to as many fast fucking... movies. Bruce <laughs> you... Willis on half speed is twice the guy that, that Vin Diesel is. Because he, he's just, he's got more of a presence. He's a better actor. Uh this 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 character is not iconic. He he doesn't stand apart from the from the franchise. Without the franchise, there's Dominic Toretto can't be taken out of this context and put it anywhere else. And I I won't remember his name tomorrow. I only know it because you guys are saying Dom and Dominic. <laughs> but I'll remember Rambo forever. And that's even if I hadn't watched. I mean, I think everybody were just you don't have to have seen Rambo to know Rambo <laughs> or John McClane. That's easier. But I don't know. I don't know Tommy Wiseau's character Dominic from the Toretto. room. I don't know his name, but Tommy. <laughs> <laughs> but the, the, at least with that the audience is all on the same page <laughs> I, I hey this could be all mine i'll be happy i'll just sit there I, i'll own this one i was actually honestly legitimately looking at a a fast nine uh poster series <laughs> it's like a almost wall size because i just i love it so much it makes me so happy Oh, yay. I did, I'm excited. We have two more coming. And then who knows how many Hobbs and Shaw movies. We've got way more. This isn't over. This is the beginning this, of a trilogy. This is the tease of, uh, of Shaw back in the universe was nice. I'm down for this. Give me, give me another Hobbs and Shaw movie with cyborgs and fucking Roman Reigns. I'm down. Oh, the head of the table can't take second second billing. I'm sorry. <laughs> second <laughs> head on over to the front table and get John Moxley involved. Oh. <laughs> Moxley Moxley can't act. <laughs> I saw that fucking movie it was a cage fighter or something cage like that. Like that. So terrible. That was a bad one. That's fine. That was a bad one. But can, how many of the people on this poster act can act? I mean, I can, you know. <laughs> You're like Ludacris is cool. <laughs> like he's good at playing Ludacris. I mean, your best Michelle actor. Rodriguez is a good actor. She's fine. And yeah, but- Charlie Theron's amazing. Everybody else, I mean, John Cena's John Cena, but everybody else. Is- Patrick, 
Padgett Brewster's a good TV actress. Uh, Sung Kang's really charismatic. Now you're getting low on the list, though. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Just randomly thought of it, like something with this movie. Several times people get launched through the air. And this happens throughout like the whole series, but this happens many times in this movie. Someone gets launched through the air and then Vin Diesel like nudges a car, like a nice soft car instead of concrete. And they land on it going like fucking like a hundred miles an hour. And it, it keeps happening. Like oh. there's one part where John Cena's flying through the fucking air. Of course he is. He like just nudges a car and the car flips and rolls and just catches them. <laughs> so good. He rolls it's that so gi- He rolls this giant truck and then it rolls like fifty miles, just rolling, rolling, rolling over the top. It lands on its wheels. He turns it on and keeps going. <laughs> so I'm like, I was like, yes, this is great. Keep it coming. Yeah. Oh. So it is. It's it is. It's G.I. Joe. It's live action G.I. Joe and it doesn't suck. It's wonderful. It's cake. <laughs> it's it's so eating good. an entire cake. Just if you love cake, this movie is cake. Do you think that <laughs> like the forty percent of the people who won't get vaccinated, if COVID <laughs> if COVID sticks around and wipes them all out, if they'll keep making these movies? <laughs> That's the thing. All right. My experience the anti vaxxers I do with on many days, they fucking hate these movies. Oh fuck! <laughs> so, no, there's a there's got to be a weird Venn diagram where <laughs> I'm not saying I'm not saying all, but the ones I talk to are like, no, no, fuck that shit. They used to be about cars. <laughs> now you know what you're about. So they at least used to like the early ones then. Yeah, but okay. like, I mean. Everyone, it's a little too. Yeah. Mu- it is. A, it is very multicultural. So that does wipe out that some of that audience. That <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's it's hard to say. All these lives matter. I guess <laughs> those guys are pretty rough. <laughs> all right. Anything else on the Fast Saga? I love it, and I want more. I want. I want to watch Fast Ten tomorrow. Yep. Can't wait. Fatherhood, Kevin Hart on Netflix. Yeah, Fatherhood uh, stars Kevin Hart as a man who whose wife uh, dies not long after giving birth. Uh, he is then thrust into the role of single father and uh, ill-prepared, to say the least. Who would be prepared for that? Um, the, the unfortunate thing is that Kevin Hart seems to want to make an interesting movie about this, and the movie keeps shoving in all this, this sitcom nonsense. And it's really weird. I went into this thinking that Kevin Hart was going to be the one who made this into sitcom nonsense, you know, just kind of pulling things towards, you know, doing jokes and coming up with bits. And the reality is, is it was the writing that did that. The writing keeps coming up with sitcom bits, and he's actually trying to do something interesting with this character, and it's really weird. Uh, Chris Weitz is the director here who's constantly making this movie where he, he he keeps trying so hard to make a populist film a film that is for a wide variety of audiences as possible and at the and it comes at the expense of the ability to tell a real story anymore uh because he's got to cram in all this you know fan service stuff these you know these jokes that everybody can get so it's relatable to all audiences and when you do that, when you're trying to service the audience constantly with bad jokes and, and familiar setups, then you're losing the heart of your film. And Kevin Hart 
I felt had the heart of this movie in mind. There are moments that are really rather brilliant in, in both comedy and drama that he's playing, but then the movie's got to interrupt him with more sitcom bullshit. And it's really unfortunate. It really makes me hate this movie. <laughs> yeah. I mean, if you're, when you're trying to service everybody, you're definitely going to pull, you know, the people that listen to this podcast or, you know, more movie buffs out of a movie like this, but you're going to keep that fast and furious audience. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I know, I know so many people who aren't really into movies that love this movie, and it's just like I get it. That makes sense. Yeah, yeah, I kind of felt the same way. And I, and I had a my experience, and I think I need to watch it again. I'm not going to, but it was weird. Like I, I was watching Kevin Hart try, and I had a hard time separating him trying versus the character, you know, just letting it happen. And I was just like, wow, Kevin Hart's really trying to make this movie work. And it distracted me. And I'm sure on a second viewing, I would be able to enjoy his performance more, but you're right. The movie's not good enough to (laughs) warrant a second viewing. So I'm probably out. I mean, I don't hate it. I'm just kind of disappointed in it. I suppose is more where I'm at. Do you see it, Zach? Yeah. Uh, I went in with like super, super low expectations and I watched this immediately after fast, fast nine. And so it was great. There might've been some Budweiser. Yeah. I had some Budweiser's in my system and I honestly really didn't hate the movie. I, I liked it more than I, thought I would. I'm not going to watch it again. It's definitely not my cup of tea. Um, kind of, yeah. Like I, I mean, I don't, I don't have kids. Uh, I haven't been in that situation. So I was kind of like really, thinking that I could relate whatsoever. And I said, I kind of, I kind of enjoyed it. I like Rel. I like the, the, the bald guy. Cause he was in Gotham and I, uh, he was awesome in that. But other than that, it was kind of, it was all right. Not, Better than I thought, but the, but I thought it was suck. I appreciate Kevin Hart trying to do something different outside of the norm, but I enjoy, I enjoy his cadence generally the way he, I enjoy his comedy, even when they're dumb. You know, I guess you can call them my Fast and the Furious movies, where I know they're not good <laughs> movies, but he's just fun to watch. Uh, yeah. So, and I, so I can sit through them, and in I mean, Jack Black, I guess is another one. I'm kind of like that too, where even if the movie's bad, I can just kind of enjoy the movie. Uh, I just I kept getting tripped up over the over the series of contrivances, like about his job. Do you know what this guy's job was? Anybody have any idea? <laughs> No. He's gonna go set up the <laughs> office in Czechoslovakia or whatever the fuck. And it's like, what does that? What does any of that mean? And what I mean, it, it just seems so forced. Like one minute Paul Reiser is really supportive, and he plays his boss in the movie. He's really supportive of him, like take all the time you need. Your your wife died, whatever. Then he's like, why don't you just leave your child and move to Czechoslovakia for thirty days? And don't don't even think about your kid. Just let him let let them <laughs> take the kid. Like, which like, side are you on? Which character are you? He's, he's whatever character the movie needs in the moment that they want it because they need a plot con- contrivance. And that that stuff just gets on my nerves really fast. Didn't he write a book called Fatherhood or something like that? <laughs> uh, something like or that. Something like that. I mean, I just I felt distracted the whole time. And again, I, I shouldn't dislike a movie because Kevin Hart's trying to do something outside of the box for him. He's really good, though. That's the thing. Well, it's like he's really good in this. I'm not, but I, but I'm saying to me, it lo- I was caught up in watching him trying to be good, and I had a hard time just enjoying the performance. So I, I think I'd have to go back to watch it again to appreciate that more. But I'm not going to because the rest of the movie is not good enough. 
I did like the, I mean, I know this is a sentence that I'm about to say, but I did really like his acting in the, the scene where his wife died. That kind of surprised the shit out of me because it looked believable. It didn't look like corny, hokey shit. Like, I I was kind of expecting that when I saw the trailer and read the, the, the plot summary. I expected kind of corny-ass Kevin Hart shit, but nah, I kind of liked that. No, you're uh, right. He kind of kind of surprised me but uh earlier when you were saying that kevin hart movies your fast and furious movies you're in luck my friend he's in hobbs and shaw so <laughs> he exists in that universe he is lore i think you have to watch him now i saw hobbs and shaw yep. my sunday Cyborg. <laughs> and i saw the very first fast and the furious movie and i, I don't know i may have caught pieces of all of it i'm just uh it doesn't matter <laughs> I did like Hobbs and Shaw. If you're gonna watch any of them, we'll see. They already made me watch jump, the Lord yeah, of the Rings. Jump into movies. Fast Five, my man. Maybe watch they, Lord of the they Rings. They drive a safe through a fucking city. Harry Potter. <laughs> All right. Did any of you watch Good on Paper on Netflix? I did. I did watch this. This is a really good movie. Uh, Eliza Schlesinger uh, wrote this film and uh, stars in it as a, a woman who uh, is a comedian and uh, she meets uh, this guy who is not her type, but she kind of starts to go for him until things start to really go badly. Um, <laughs> this movie is really clever. It's weird, weirdly clever. And uh, Ryan Hansen is not not my favorite actor. I don't really care for him. Uh, his performance has always come off as a little bit false to me. And I thought perhaps maybe she should have seen through him a little bit earlier, but she is so entertaining and she is such an interesting performer. She is so charismatic that I, I bought into everything that she was doing. If Even if I didn't buy into him, I bought into her. And that's really what matters is that this is about her and about her performance and about her comedy and her attitude. And, and that really comes through in the movie really well. She's really funny. Um, I could do with somebody better than him and a, probably a better written character on his part. But overall, I, I liked what the movie was trying to say. Did you know this is largely based on a true story? <laughs> what? Yes. No. Which I think is part of why they hired him or, or cast it because she wasn't attracted to the guy. Uh, I mean, most of this is true. <laughs> uh, I, she wasn't as famous in real life as she was in this movie, like in this movie, you knew who she was and people knew who she was as a performer. And I think when yeah. this happened, she wasn't quite as famous as she as the character in the movie, but yeah, she, and it's sad because when she told the story on a podcast, probably Joe Rogan, I, I didn't actually hear it. I just heard about it. Uh, all, everybody came out and just started slut shaming her saying, you should have saw through the, it was just kind of all that, the typical guy thing thinking, uh, you know, not feeling bad for her for falling for this guy who lied to her, but they became good friends for a solid year. And then, uh, the mom cancer thing happened. And, uh, I mean, they were genuine friends. So it just kind of, I, I don't know. And with the way Hollywood works is you're never, no one really hangs out at their house. They hang out at clubs and especially comedians. Yeah. So a lot of the things that you think you would have seen through, uh, you know, based on the story she told on the podcast, it it, it kind of makes sense why it worked out the way. I don't know. It's I think I think the beats of the movie didn't didn't really nail. I think his right. performance really is not quite nailing what she was probably going for in terms of the reality of it. Yeah, I mean, really, the only thing that really worked was the fact that when he takes his shirt off, which is clearly not him, 
uh, <laughs> basically looks like me. <laughs> and that's kind of the only time you're like, well, clearly she wouldn't be into the person like this. And then she ends up being, but I don't know. I that's, thought it yeah, that's, that's another aspect too, though. And then uh, uh, he's a, he's a really handsome guy and to have to do, you know, to put the glasses and the bad haircut on him. It's almost like, you know, she's all that. Oh, she took her glasses off and now she's pretty. Like it's, it, it's kind of that. Right. I didn't really buy into that. They might've, they might've found a different actor who could have found a better, uh, a better energy for this performance. Yeah, no, I agree. But I enjoyed it. Otherwise, I thought it was really, really good. No, I don't think you, the you can't predict where it's going. No. You cannot predict where it's going, and I loved that aspect of it. And I don't think the real life. I mean, it's the idea was based on true stories. I don't think the whole right. thing was one hundred percent accurate. But uh, I, I don't know. I just found it fascinating, and I, I've always kind of liked her. I like, I like. I like her cadence. I like some of the weird voices she does. And I thought it was cool to see her leading a movie as opposed to just being a extra or a, you know, a third or fourth on the call sheet. Uh, I, I could see her being more of a star. She's, I think she's that funny and that good at what she does. She might have to play herself a lot, but I don't know. This was really funny. She's, re- she's really compelling. Yeah. All right. Rollers. Yes, rollers. I'll check Start. that out then. Yeah, please do. Yeah, sounds good. interesting. I don't really, I don't really know much about the story or anything. So it's on Netflix cool. now. So. Yeah. Uh, rollers stars Johnny Ray Gill as a man who owns a uh, a nightclub or a concert venue uh, that's been in his family for years. It's actually been opening up for about a hundred years, as they tell us in the, in the movie, uh, and uh, it's been a cornerstone of the community. But it's also been losing money pretty much the entire time it's ever been open because uh, he's, he's dedicated it and his parents dedicated it to art that perhaps is not the most mainstream and and uh this is a movie that that uh, has multiple tracks to it in terms of the story that it wants to tell about uh you know what you do to make money versus what you versus doing what you love and uh the there's of course there's the alcoholism aspect which is really interesting this is a movie about an alcoholic that doesn't dwell on the fact that he's an alcoholic he's in the midst of it and sometimes people can function relatively well as an alcoholic you know they spend every day drinking but they're still you know doing relatively responsible things and uh you're getting by in life on a daily basis even if even if all the signs are there like all the signs are there with this guy that his life is in shambles uh but he doesn't necessarily see it and and that's a it's really incredibly well played by johnny ray gill who gives a, a a terrific uh, performance in this movie it, it's such an offbeat story uh, this is not the kind of story that, that that people make mainstream movies about and i really like that aspect of it i really liked him a lot he was very compelling and then he's surrounded by these characters who are all kind of doing their own movie <laughs> really and that's really what life is like is that everybody thinks they're the star of their own movie and we happen to be following him most of the time but but you can sense that like there's a character played by Kevin Bigley who is just this weird dude is this business manager he'll pop into a scene and do some do something crazy he's like off in an american pie movie somewhere like he's just coming he's just doing hangover movies he's doing 
comedy that way. Uh, but he's not on screen very often, so he doesn't pull focus very often. Uh, then he's got a he's got a love interest who has her own life completely, but she's also interested in him. He's got a you know a, a backstory about his former bandmates. He gave up their band to so he could run Rollers, but he also gave it up right before they were about to be big. And there's a lot of resentment and heartache there between him and his former bandmate, who went on to become a big star. Uh, and also could be the performer that could save the venue if he could convince him to play. So there's a lot of things that play in this movie, and I really love everything about this movie. I thought it was terrific. My favorite part about it was what you said earlier with the everybody's in their own little movie because that's what life really is. They're all doing their own thing. And everybody has that person in their lives where you're just like, you've had a million ways to get out of these problems you're having, and you keep making the wrong decision, and that's what this guy is. And But you don't. You know, in a lesser movie, you'd be like, well, I wouldn't do that. And you, you dwell on that kind of thing. In here, you, you totally buy into the fact that he would make the decisions he makes, the resentments he has. Whether he's wrong or not, you, you, you're not judging him. You're just watching his him develop or whatever or whatever the word is. You're just watching him live, I guess. And <laughs> You're watching the guy who just constantly gets in his own way. Right. And, and we all know that person. And it's believable, it's real, and uh, it's a fascinating movie. You know, I'll take this over. I mean, a lot of movies I've seen this year, really. It's one of the ones, it stands out as one of the better movies of the year so far for me. It it keeps getting better in my mind to the point where it's kind of rising through the ranks of movies that I've loved this year. And I, for for much of this for much of this uh, past week, I've had the only review of this movie on IMDb. Like nobody's watching this. I, I posted my review on Twitter and other critics are like, oh, what's that? Oh, <laughs> like, it's got a really cool. Po- it's got a really cool poster, yeah. too. Uh, it, it's just it's I, I think it's a movie that you if you can get discussion going about it, like you said, it keeps growing, you know, with how good it is. It's not one of the movies you watch and it just disappears out of your mind. It sticks with you. And the more you think about it, the more you talk about it, the more you like it. And I I don't know what my fair to the movie of the year is so far, but this one's definitely up there. Uh, Hmm. It's very, very good. It's still the killing of two lovers for me, along with uh, giants being lonely and I blame society, but this one's like on that next level behind those three. Yep, those. Yeah, I agree completely. Zach, were you going to say something? No. <laughs> something. All right. Because. Uh, <laughs> oh no. All right. Let's go to. Oh, where am I at here? God. Bad detectives. Yes, uh, Bad Detectives uh, stars uh, Drella Erkin and uh, Freya Tingley as uh, two young women who inherit a detective agency. Their uh, their fathers were working together as detectives for many years. They both died in the same murder plot, and uh, they are gifted the detective agency and decide uh, after a while that they were going to start to investigate their father's murders. Uh they're doing so without any kind of, you know, experience or ability to do that, uh, which is an interesting premise, but it's not particularly well executed. Uh, this, the aesthetic of this movie is incredibly low budget. The the setting is ugly. the The cinematography is very dark, uh, to, un- unnecessarily dark. To, I guess to try and probably cover up how low rent it is, and and really just nothing about it works. Uh, the 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 
lead actresses are compelling. They're they're beautiful, but they they just not enough there. And the plot is so it it, it basically plays like an episode of CSI. <laughs> really, like a, it's just a very very low rent television style mystery that has a very obvious solution to it and that's a that's just not for me so i i don't i don't recommend it i don't think it's very good and that's where i stand yeah it did inspire our classic a little bit <laughs> <laughs> that in this movie lansky yes lansky uh it's a wonder to me that nobody's made a proper movie about meyer lansky i know he's been a character in other movies he popped up obviously in bugsy where uh, i think it was ben kingsley got an oscar nomination playing him but uh, uh really nobody's ever taken the time to make a lansky movie and really they didn't really take much time to make a lansky movie here uh <laughs> It's really a shame. Uh, Harvey Keitel is delivering a career best performance, obviously, like right up there with Bad Lieutenant in uh, as as Meyer Lansky, who is this uh, you know, legendary gangster who finally decides to tell his story. And he chooses this author played by Sam Worthington, who is an invented character. And he gets this whole invented plot about uh, a woman in his hotel who's uh, on the run from drug dealers. She's played by Minka Kelly. The FBI are on him and want him to uh, spy on Lansky for them. And that becomes a whole plot. And it's just completely unnecessary because you're talking about a guy who was part of every aspect, every major aspect of the mafia from the 30s all the way through the 60s. Uh, I'm pretty sure there's enough story in Meyer Lansky's life to just make a Meyer Lansky movie. <laughs> you don't need you don't need Sam Worthington trying to protect Minka Kelly from the FBI and drug dealers. <laughs> it's not necessary. Uh, him and him and Keitel just sitting and talking in a restaurant is way more compelling than anything else that they do in the rest of the movie. Uh, and John Magaro plays uh, Lansky in flashbacks, and he's quite good as well. Um, it's it's a shame that they wasted that aspect of the movie. They they uh, somehow they weren't convinced that that Meyer Lansky had enough story in his life to to be the the main story in his own movie. That's really a weird choice. When I was looking for posters for this, there is a movie called Lansky with Richard Dreyfus as <laughs> playing Lansky. Yeah. Did you ever see that one? <laughs> no. <laughs> but that's why I say that there's never been a great Lansky movie because nobody's even heard of that. Well, <laughs> Nobody there, knows that exists. There are more posters for that than this. <laughs> well, yeah. But uh, I almost grabbed one of those just to be funny. But <laughs> Yeah, that's, that's a shame. But it did get us to this. I'm not going to play the music. Bad Lieutenant. Abel Ferrara. Bad Lieutenant. Abel Ferrara, he continues to be such an interesting director. He's so on and he's so off. And it's just so fascinating to uh, to watch. Uh, Harvey Keitel plays a uh, New York uh, New York police detective who is one of the worst human beings in the world. He's uh, doing every drug. He's uh, acting out in every way imaginable. He's, he's just having the most meaningless, painful sex imaginable. It's just the, the soul sickness is, is it's cancerous. It's what it is. Uh, the man has reached such a level of, of hedonism that he can't find joy in anything. And that is fascinating to watch. Uh, then when a, a nun is raped uh, and he's there to, you know, to kind of catch part of the case, he becomes fascinated by her 
And especially when she refuses to say who did it and then she forgives them. And this throws him to into a complete spiral, an almost despair, because if if she can forgive the, the horrific things that these boys uh, did to her, that is there a chance that he could redeem himself? And that is not something that he's sure he would want or certainly not something he thinks he deserves. And that is just a fascinating movie. There's no plot. This just sort of happens. This is just a series of shit that happens that this guy does. And he's not looking to be redeemed. And he doesn't think he deserves it. And yet, when it becomes possible, he's just sort of, he's not happy about it. He's just, he just almost feels even worse somehow, which just makes it so interesting. And Keitel is incredible in this movie. He's so brave and courageous and weird. And he goes to very places that you just don't expect an actor like him to go to. You know, the, the, the deconstruction of masculinity in this movie is fascinating. The way he, uh, he, he strips naked at one point, and the other way he, the way he sobs is is a deconstruction of you know just basic masculinity uh, because he he sobs in a way that is just not is so unconscious of of everything. The only thing that's in that sob is despair. He doesn't care what anybody. He's lost the ability to to understand whether anybody can be seeing him or not. And that's uh, an amazing and not easy place to get to. I can imagine as an actor that had to be even difficult to get to that point. And that's really, this is a physical performance as well as an emotional one. I had never seen this. And uh, as soon as it was over, I instantly went to see who won the Oscar this year. And I was horribly disappointed. (laughs) (laughs) Tell us, what was it? Scent of a woman. (laughs) Oh, good God. Are you kidding me? Wasn't even nominated. Wow. And I mean, uh, don't get me wrong. Unforgiven is still the best movie that year. Unforgiven is fantastic. Yeah. Yeah. But everything else, it kind of pales in comparison to this. This is not only his best performance, but a lot better than a lot of other people's performances ever. Uh, I was amazed. It's so weird. Abel Farr, the way he makes movies is you don't like it. There's no plot, but even the following the story, it's not like he's anybody's telling you what's happening. Stuff just starts happening. Yeah. And, and it's the way he films it is so stylized that you don't even need the transitions to get there. Just all of a sudden he's in a threesome. You don't know where it come, came from and then it's over and it almost <laughs> feels pointless, but it's not, you know, and he does it with every scene in the whole movie. They just kind of start and end, and there's no transition between the scenes. But when you start piecing it all together, it, it's just like all these stylized little scenes, and it it, it flows and it makes sense, and it's just really neat. Miss forty, Miss uh, Miss forty five, forty five was kind of like that too. An amazing uh, movie. Yes, uh, it's you know I. I and yet he made King of New York. How does the like, he's such an he's well, such a weird director? But I get it because King of New York kind of does it. It just it didn't work for me as much. Yeah, it almost was too pop. Pop. I don't know if that's the right word, but too mainstream. Yeah, too simple. Yeah, it. it and I mean, I, in hindsight, I can kind of see what he was going for, but I think the the mainstream that's slightly woven in there kind of takes away from that one compared to that. Like I, I was just fascinating in a, in a lot of ways. It's about Catholic guilt. It's about, you know, because he's a Catholic in it and you're right towards the end. That's the struggle he has. And again, they don't 
tell you. You just kind of witness it. There's no, yeah, nothing's obvious about it. And I, I was just fascinated by that. And the way that he's, he really does struggle with the way the nun forgave those boys. And then you got the playoffs in the background that you just slowly watch this guy go insane. Some of the worst things that ever happened. It's all, it's all very stylized, which is awkward. I mean, even the nuns like hot and it's frustrating. Like there's part of me that's kind of annoyed by that, but but I get it as well. I I don't know. I was just, I hadn't seen a movie like this really outside of Miss 45 and maybe even the sequel a little bit, but, and there, I mean, there's some movies, but I, I just, I was really fascinated. And I loved the performance so much, and I was, all I knew about this movie was from when I was a kid. And this is a movie where Harvey Keitel shows his penis, and it, <laughs> one of one of a couple. So much, <laughs> yeah. But this movie, so oh, much I need a list. <laughs> you need a list. <laughs> movie, so much more. Zach, than that. how long has it been since you've seen this? Uh, so, okay, I actually watched this Saturday. Um, it had been a very long time because I watched this after I watched the Nicolas Cage one. And <laughs> I, uh, I, I think I liked the Nicolas Cage one more, but I did. I, 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 I liked how weird this was. I didn't expect to see Harvey Keitel jerk off onto a car door. <laughs> that was weird. With his dick out. Yeah, yeah, there's just a lot of stuff I didn't explain, I forgot about. Like I just like <laughs> it's like weird scene after weird scene. I laughed. I wasn't I was into it. But uh yeah, it was uh it was surreal because like I said, it was not not even close to what I remembered. I don't even know what the fuck I remembered. Yeah. But uh this I, I, I enjoyed it. Um although I do think I'm gonna pop in the Nicolas Cage one here probably in the next couple of days. So I do have that. I bought that when Blockbuster was going down. You guys seen that? The, I think it's like, like, ah, fucking Port of, Port of Call New Orleans. Yeah, yeah, I like that one too. Yeah, but that, it, it's, yeah, it's still it's, that's not Evil Ferrara though, right? No, that was uh, Warner no, Herzog. Right. Yeah. I I like that one too, but I this one has more of that. I don't know. It's there's just something about this one, and maybe it's just because it's fresh. Uh, I was just really shocked about how how much I liked it, and uh, I was almost worried I was going to have to defend it. Harvey Keitel basically inflicts himself on you in this movie, and 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 you can't oh, yeah. you take on his you take on him as sort of a burden. <laughs> like you really you can't enjoy anything that he does because he doesn't enjoy anything that he does. There, he is, he's reached a point of such r- ludicrous excess in his life that he can't even imagine what joy is anymore. And he keeps doing more and more drugs and, and having more and more you know, encounters uh, sexually. And he cannot enjoy himself uh, to the point where he even ha- – I think in that scene with the car where he's got the girls pulled over, it's as if he really needs them to be – upset with him before he can actually reach where he needs to get to uh like that's that's really it's horrible it's a horrible thing he's a horrible human being and you don't feel sorry for him but you're you're it's like being trapped in a room with this guy you're just you're right. he's inflicting himself upon you and you just have to take it in you just have to be there for it and it's really it's awful but at the same time it's 
fucking fascinating because you've never seen you've never seen this level of soul destroying sickness in within a human being. He's just he's he's complete. He has nothing left. Yeah, and the way Abel Fryer films all of it, it somehow makes it palatable, for lack of a better word. You know, it's not. You don't like it. Uh, it's not something you're enjoying, but it's not, you know, uh, just gross for the sake of gross. There's a stylized yeah. vision to it. And I read an interview with him where he was like, the writers and filmmakers had to be on drugs, but the actors didn't have to be on drugs to make this movie. <laughs> so then I just sit there and wonder. I, it, it just makes Kaitel's performance so much more weird, knowing that the director is fucked up out of his mind and Kaitel's probably sober trying to play. And, that just adds another element to it. I don't know if that's true or not, right. but uh, it just makes it so much weirder. And then uh, what's her name from Miss 45 is in it. Uh, Zoe Lund. Yes. She's a, uh, that was a kind of, that was an improv scene. She helped write the script if I remember right. Yeah. And she's definitely a big fan of heroin. I believe is like, she like would talk about how great it was in interviews and stuff. Uh, I don't know. This is just a, <laughs> It's a hell of a movie. It's something. It's something else. It's not like something you see every other day. So, yeah. So I appreciate that quite a bit. Anything else on Bad Lieutenant? It was. A, yeah, it was a real strange cherry on the top of my Saturdays. Uh, <laughs> I, uh, like I watched like like fast parenting fucking AE, and then I finished it off with Bad Lieutenant. <laughs> it was a weird day. It was a really weird day. <laughs> Sounds weird. Um, but yeah, watching Kenny Omega versus Dumbo Boy, and then ten minutes later, Harvey Keitel's having a threesome and crying. Woo! <laughs> <laughs> All right. Thirty years ago, Naked Gun two and a half, The Smell of Fear came out. Yeah, uh, it's it's funny. You can't deny that this is funny. It's it's funny. Uh, Leslie Nielsen is just he's he, he's so good at this, and uh, as it's it's dumb as hell, but the but he makes it work. He's just that incredibly uh, talented, and on top of that, just getting repeatedly again for the second movie in a row, getting to see O.J. Simpson just brutalized. It's just it's fun. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I don't really have anything to add to it other than it's a funny movie. Uh, what about you, Zach? Anything special about Naked Gun 2.5 that stands out? Uh, I don't remember exactly which one this was, but I remember watching, like, we watched all three constantly. But I they couldn't tell together. you, like, yeah. yeah, they're all the same. Like, we watched those and we had, what was it, like, the police files? It's like, we had, we had some of that too like the, the original show or whatever the fuck. So it's like all of it just kind of is like one giant ball. I need to go back and revisit them, especially because I'm pretty sure, pretty sure Tina's never seen them. And <laughs> we both love watching stupid shit. So I'm going to have to show her that. I also am pretty sure she's never seen Airplane. So I got to fix that too. And I'll be honest, I grew up with the Hot Shots movies. I know those are lesser of these these three series between Airplane and Naked Gun. Hot Shots produce fucking it still breaks me. <laughs> like, I'll still see clips on like Facebook and giggle. Yeah. I mean, I mean they're all kind of the same movie. 
Uh, they just don't make this movie anymore. You know, they, they, they tried and they failed miserably. Something about this humor has not made it to this day and age. I don't think, oh. I don't know. I mean, I was able to get the not another teen movie, but that was where it ended for me. I think it ended before that for you, Sean. And or you could like the scary movies though. Didn't you? I did like, I liked the first scary movie after that. It gets pretty bad pretty quickly. Yeah. I had, a and then don't, I mean, um, the, epic movie and, and right. those, those are just utter garbage and that, and that could just be that those guys just have zero talent i think that's just the zero talent <laughs> i don't think i don't think there was a single thought in, in making any of those uh i honestly i think like the closest thing to naked good we have i don't know if you guys appreciate it but uh mcgruber like i i fucking love that movie they actually just um just announced their film in the the uh, Peacock series, which I forgot they were making. So we're getting more MacGruber. Yeah, I liked MacGruber. Me. Yeah. Good. All right. That is our show next week. I don't know what we're going to watch for sure, but there's a whole shit ton of movies streaming. Uh, the Tomorrow War on Amazon. Uh, no Sudden Movement on HBO. Netflix has a bunch. This movie called The Eighth Night. I don't know if I'll watch it or not. Uh, Fear Street Part 1, 1984. Uh, That's the Goosebumps thing, I believe. Yes. R.L. Yeah, Stein is some yeah. sort. Yeah. Oh, R.L. Stein. Yeah. Uh, There's one like every week for three weeks or some shit Yeah, like it's that. a trilogy. And I don't know if we want to jump on that bandwagon or not. <laughs> I really don't. <laughs> that works for me. I don't necessarily want to watch it, but sometimes if you want the downloads. Yeah. Yeah. I don't care either way, though. Uh, Hulu has a. Save that one for the Halloween spectacular. <laughs> Hulu's got a movie called Summer of Soul, or when the revolution could not be televised. And Peacock has Boss Baby, the family business. Oh, well, I'm too excited about that yeah, one. We'll be all over that one. And then uh, <laughs> the God Committee as well. Yeah. Uh, we're flirting with a uh, Soderbergh movie for the classics since he directed No Sudden Movement, but we haven't landed on one yet. And 30 years ago, Problem Child 2 came out. And some uh, what's the other one? Oh, Terminator 2. <laughs> 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 Judgment Day. <laughs> Uh, I can't wait to look at that one again. We, we, we've already done Terminator, so yeah, there's no real relation to a classic there that I can think of. <laughs> yeah, unless we did Terminator again, uh, <laughs> which I, I, I'll do whatever you want. I don't really care. Yeah. <laughs> Problem Child 1, uh, whatever. Yeah, right. uh, does Linda Hamilton have any classic movies? <laughs> no. <laughs> Eddie Furlong? <laughs> Uh yeah, so that is I'll think our, of something. Yeah, we will. Oh, uh, let's see here. Come on, mouse, where you at? That is our show. I do want to remind you to head over to patreon.com slash critics pod to give us a review or to get a uh whatever the word is to help support the podcast. Just go there and do that. Get a credit on the show, uh, or to go to our T Public page at ihatecritics.net and click on the T Public link. Uh, if you want to give us a five-star review on any of the uh, platforms you listen to us on, you have a shot to win uh, one of how many movies? Two, Sean? Yeah, two now. Yeah, they have the uh, one copy of The Unholy got taken. So, Yeah. 
So give us a five-star review, uh, and we'll read it on the air. Let us know you did it, because that's the... We might not necessarily see it right away. Uh, you can email us at critics at IHateCritics.net or hit us up on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram at CriticsPod. Uh, that is our show. Let's see what we got for FlickChart, unless you guys got to go to bed. <laughs> no, I'm good. All right. I'm already halfway in bed, so it's all good. <laughs> all I got to do is take off my mic, and I'm, back. I'm out. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's see what Flickshirt has in store for us. I apologize, though. I apologize for my internet today. <laughs> I know I've cut out of the, uh, the 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 Zoom a couple of times. That's okay. <laughs> no worries. Sleepless in Seattle or Speed? Speed. Absolutely. Speed. Love Speed. The Texas Chainsaw Massacre 2003, oh, yeah. Sex and the Single Girl. I've not seen that one. That's our classic next week. <laughs> Texas Chance Massacre remake or The Great Gatsby? Great Gatsby. Uh, I'll go with the Texas Chainsaw Massacre. It is the remake. The tooth- You're aware of that, right? Yeah. Ugh. I know. I, I, uh, Gatsby. You got it. I, I mean, here's- I'd rather watch a bad horror movie. I mean, I I saw that one before I saw the original. I liked it at the time. I know it's garbage. I know it's a very stock horror film. <laughs> but I, just, I don't really care about the Great Gatsby. So Vote with your heart. That's I'm, fine. I'm going with the remake. Uh, 22 Jump Street, The Exorcism of Emily Rose. 22 Jump Street. Yeah, that's not even a question. Yeah. <laughs> 22 Jump Street. It's fun to watch. Mangrove, Knives Out. Never. I've not seen Mangrove. Knives Out, City Slickers. Uh, Knives Out. Uh, What'd you say, Zach? Knives Out. Okay. Knives Out. Yeah. I had a good experience with City Slickers, but uh, yeah, Knives Out. But when you said it's a good movie for 40 year old white guys, I was like, yeah. (laughs) 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 it definitely it it put the experience in perspective (laughs) yeah (laughs) golden eye the perfect storm the perfect storm golden eye it's the only pierce brosnan bond movie the perfect storm die on that hill texas chance massacre 2003 the fugitive the fugitive yeah, the fugitive. Yeah. See, now there's actual competition. Shoot him up. Can't hardly wait. Shoot him up. <laughs> I, I gotta go shoot him up. I, I unapologetically love that fucking movie. Yes, <laughs> thank God. It's so I've taken so much crap from people over that movie. <laughs> Sin City Basic. Yeah, that was the. Uh, Sin City. Oh, it's Sin City. Yeah, Basic is terrible. Yeah. Yeah. Shoot 'em up was definitely popular in our uh, our circles in high school. (laughs) 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 Just throwing that out there. (laughs) (laughs) Lara Croft, The Tomb Raider, The Cradle of Life, 2003, Rock and Rolla. One movie that can make me pick Rock and Rolla. (laughs) (laughs) I I agree. I got no opinion. Walking Tall, 2004, Boys in the Hood. 
Boys in the Hood. I'm looking forward to Boys in the Hood visiting that this year. Yeah. Skeleton Lake, Red Eye. Never heard of Skeleton Lake. Neither have I. Titanic or Red Eye? Uh, Red Eye. It's much much shorter. <laughs> I've never seen. I've never seen Red Eye, but I'll pick it. Fuck Titanic. <laughs> I know Titanic's better. I know. I don't care. We could make that our classic. <laughs> what, Titanic? Yeah. No, thank you. I don't have the kind of time. I know. But you Fuck don't have that to, movie. You man. don't ever have to see it again. To, I mean, <laughs> live and let die. You we know the ending. Yeah. Live and let die. You don't mess with the Zohan. I, I hate Zohan enough that uh, I'll take a James Bond movie over it. Yeah, that's one of the worst Adam Sandler movies ever made. Uh, the Broadway Melody, 1929. Nah. Before I was born. <laughs> <laughs> the Golden Compass or The Conversation? The Conversation. Okay, I don't know if I've seen that one, so I'll just go I haven't ahead. seen it either. My Super Ex-Girlfriend, Lucky Number 11. Lucky Number 11. I love that great movie. movie. Yep. I agree. Death to Smoochie, Kramer versus Kramer. <sighs> I don't think Death to Smoochie is as good as it should be, but I'm going to take that over Kramer versus Kramer. I find Kramer versus Kramer insufferable. I think I agree yeah, with Yeah, you. I agree. I remember Googling it when I, uh, when I first had the internet. I didn't realize that it wasn't a movie about Kramer from Seinfeld Final. But I watched the trailer and I got really fucking bored and I've never seen it. <laughs> it's it just, I don't know. I don't know if it's intentionally insufferable. Uh, but it's it, Joe, Or is it just Dustin Hoffman? <laughs> but it's not a pleasant movie to watch. Yeah. But not in the way that like... A Sam Peckinpah movie is unpleasant. I don't know. It's hard to. <laughs> and Meryl Streep's not in it enough uh, to true. save it. Very true. The Relic Predators. 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 All right. I haven't seen it, so I'll just go with you guys. Changeling the Thing. Changeling is a good movie, but The Thing is a better movie. Yeah, that's The Thing all the way. That's an iconic movie, yes. Les Miserables, 2012, The Virgin Suicides. Les Miserables for me. I'm in the minority on that movie. I haven't seen either, so I got nothing. I'll go with you. I get what you're saying. <laughs> and I, I mean, I like The Virgin Suicide. It's okay. Uh, the Outlaw, Josie Wales, Charlie Wilson's War. What are you taking? Josie Wales. Uh, yeah, I'll, I'll go with you. I think I think Charlie Wilson's pretty good though. I know I agree. I just like I want that Clint Eastwood to one not be a creep and two just be in those movies and stay there forever. Yeah. The Sicilian. I'm, oh, go ahead. I've never seen the Sicilian. I don't know what that is. I believe it's a Mario Puzo book. Oh, here we go. Spy Kids what? 3D. Uh, starring Sylvester Stallone or Empire Records. Empire Records. By Kids 3D, mommy. <laughs> I don't remember Empire Records. Oh my god. Yeah, you're not Gen X. Empire Records is <laughs> uh, Underworld 21. I saw 
21. Underworld sucks. Yeah. I mean, 21 is terrible, but Underworld is Underworld. <laughs> yeah, there's less left. Final Fantasy, The Spirits Within, Sunshine. Oh, Sunshine. I mean, I, I don't like Sunshine, but I would never want to see Final Fantasy ever again. I didn't hate yeah, It's not getting there, man. James and the Giant Peach Airplane. 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 Yeah, not even close. Despicable Me 2, Tomorrow Never Dies. I still, to this day, anytime I spill something, like if I take a drink and I spill it on myself, it's like I've got a drinking problem. <laughs> yep. <Yeah. laughs> that is probably one of my favorite jokes ever. <laughs> so good. I was just trying to figure out was that in Despicable Me 2 or Tomorrow Never Dies? I'm like, oh, that's an airplane. <laughs> I'll take Despicable Me 2. I agree. Tomorrow. Or Never Dies is my first Bond movie. Like, I saw that one in the theater. See, I hate Bond I was, more I was than I four. hate the fast movies. <laughs> <Yes>. the, Mar- <laughs> the Martian, Final Destination 3. The Martian is a very good movie. Agreed. Yeah. <laughs> Didn't like it? <laughs> no, 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 no. I, I'm agreeing. Um, yeah. I, I, I do final destination as well but it's not not good but i do say the book was 10 times better than the movie just because the movie was pg-13 and i i I feel like it should have been just want to see matt damon's dick (laughs) revolutionary road (laughs) animal house Uh, i'm i'm revolutionary road should have been a lot better and more memorable than it is and michael shannon's incredible in in it uh uh kate and and leo are a little bit off uh, just not quite nailing it in that one. Um, Animal House is, I don't know. I, I don't really love Animal House the way other people do. <sighs> uh, you guys decide. I don't know what to say. I'm going to go Animal House. Just, just for the simple fact I that I get, I'm not as big a fan as everybody else's either, but it has, it is more memorable. <laughs> so I'll yeah. go with Animal House. That, that's fair. That's fair. Yeah, Titanic 2. <laughs> Let the right one in about a boy. Two incredible movies. Uh, about a boy means more to me, so I'll take that one, but they're both incredible. I don't think I've seen either. Oh, Let the right one in means more to me, but I, about a boy is fantastic. Uh, let's see here. Where's my quarter at? Which one looks better? <laughs> <laughs> If you're picking posters, Zach, which one would you pick? The Ford movie got a read uh, or the I'll go with the right one because I I do remember watching I, I watched the NBC TV show once. <laughs> they they uh, loosely based that off the movie. So I'll go with about a boy. Whatever. That works. <laughs> there we go. True romance. Yay for shitty NBC shows. <laughs> True romance or Citizen Kane. Citizen Kane. Agreed. I'll tell you what, that's not even a hard question right here. It's true romance all fucking day. Trent, I think it was Michael from Galesburg. He he was on the episode with Citizen Kane, and then as soon as we hung up, because he, he didn't like it really at all. <laughs> and then he started sending me messages, and he was so it made a he made a great point. He compared it to uh, what's that, Jim Avatar. 
He goes, it broke all the it was groundbreaking this and that, but it, it's just not that great. <laughs> See, so, I, I, I like that guy. I like him. I agree wholeheartedly. <laughs> Fuck Citizen Kane and Avatar. And I can't argue with it because I don't think the movie itself is that. <laughs> I don't know. It's I, I I do like it. Don't get me wrong. But there's a lot of movies. It's a metaphor that. from China. <laughs> <laughs> AI, artificial intelligence, leaving Las Vegas. Uh, leaving Las Vegas, but I love both those movies. Leaving Las Vegas. Agreed. I'm not a huge AI fan, although I think when we did that episode, I had bad information, but I still don't like the movie. <laughs> Uh, the nice guys, Red Dragon. The nice guys. Absolutely. The nice guys. Batman and Robin, Star Trek Nemesis. Oh, those are all garbage. That is just some hot fucking garbage. Um, Batman and Robin. Batman and Robin. That garbage is hotter. I agree. <laughs> Lord of the Rings: Return to the, the Return of the King. Lost Boys: The Tribe. I've never seen the tribe. Good, neither have I. What? Never, no, never heard of that. Lord of the Rings, <laughs> Bewitched. Lord of the Rings. Yeah. Return of the King, baby. <laughs> Top Speed, have you seen that? No. Confessions of a Dangerous Mind, One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest. Again, two incredible movies. Cuckoo's Nest wins uh, by being slightly more incredible. Yeah, I agree. Cuckoo's Nest, yeah. Here's a tough one. Kill Bill Volume <laughs> 2. <laughs> Vegas, Vegas Vacation. I've never actually seen Vegas Vacation. <laughs> I just know it's not good. <laughs> oh, Kill Bill, of course. It's not good. Do you guys hear Tarantino? Yeah, like a, a next to a diamond. Yeah, Tarantino was on Mark Maron's podcast. It was actually really, really good. Yeah. Uh, I highly recommend it. When Bjork met Attenborough. Have you seen that? No. Sounds fascinating, though. Let's get rid of both of these because this is a TV show. It, yeah, it's a TV thing. Kingdom of Heaven, Brokeback Mountain. Brokeback Mountain. Agreed. Could you call them both Kingdom of Heaven? Kingdom I haven't Mountain. seen either. Oh, you haven't seen Brokeback Mountain? It's fantastic. Yeah. The two anti-heroes. <laughs> Which one is better? Travis Bickle from Taxi Driver or Patch I Can I just say fuck you and that would be my phone? <laughs> yes, yeah, although you like Taxi Driver. <laughs> this is definitely a good one to go out on. <laughs> All right. Congratulations, taxi driver. You beat Patch Adams. All right. Right. Number 550 on our list. <laughs> All right. Uh, thanks for joining us, Zach. Uh, anything else you guys want to talk about before we go? All good. All right. We'll see y'all next week. No, man. We're all good over here. Awesome. Thanks, Zach. Thank you so much, Zach, for joining us. It's a lot of fun. Hey, thanks for having me again. Sorry about my shitty internet. <laughs> it's uh, no, it's I, been really bad lately. I've been there too, so I. I, yeah. I think someone's watching Disney Plus in the other room. <laughs> 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 All right, talk to you guys later. Yeah. Right.